She's such a fiddler. I'm just getting it right. Just, You're not getting it right. Hey, I'm about attention to detail. That's the difference. I mean, there, there's no attention to detail happening here at all. You're touching the microphone table, okay. which you get a bang. <laughs> Doesn't sound good on okay. iTunes. Yeah, that's your mega bands. You got me in a bad mood already. All right. Hi, welcome to the Innovation Ramble, our weekly podcast investigating the world of innovation, one subject at a time. And we are, as ever, in Circe's Champagne Bar. Thanks to Roberta, Victor, and the guys for and accommodating us today. Yep. Yeah, had a, had a fabulous uh, paleo full English this morning. Oof, mate, so hipster. <laughs> uh, we are the fourth episode into the Dark Side of Innovation, our mini-series. Uh, if you would subscribe to us on iTunes, that would really help us get up the charts. Not much enough for you, we appreciate, but we love that. Thank Make you. Very happy. Yep. Um, find us on Twitter at InnovRamble, the website, theinnovationramble.com. And if you want to send us an email, you can now. Amazing. Email technology finally. has finally arrived to the Ramble. <laughs> uh, and you can get us at yesand at theinnovationramble.com. That's a bit of an inside innovation <laughs> yeah, joke about yeah. one of our warm up techniques. Uh, and this week's subject is marketing and advertising, the last in our series on the dark side of innovation. So Al and I, indeed, ironically work in the marketing and advertising industry, so we're taking our careers uh, <laughs> a very cavalier sense this morning. Yeah. I heard this lovely <laughs> quote recently that said that uh, online advertising is the exhaust fumes of the internet. <laughs> which is, which is pretty dark fairly dark but, place to start um, so the point we're trying to make in this episode that I will be presenting later at Sean Singleton's Digital Annex University yeah. is that we're conflicted in our industry because we're all sensible educated people and we know that the future of the planet the future of society depends on people doing good things right Yeah. but in some agencies that we've worked for, it's sometimes you're forced to work for clients whose ethics don't match up with your own. And what we want to explore today is that tension. Uh, and do you want to be remembered for working on marketing and advertising that had a benefit to society? Or do you want to be remembered for marketing and advertising that didn't? So we're going to look at the dark and light side of innovation. Yeah, absolutely. And at the same time, there's also the, the, the quality that you're going to be remembered for. So everything digital stays, you know, is, is going to be available. Um, and there's just too much, there's too much rubbish at the moment. You know, John Hegarty said a couple of years back that he felt like most of advertising, um, digital or otherwise, from the UK just was, was shit. So there's a, there's, a, there's a question of quality as well here. And I bet his creative team loved that. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's how, that's how you, uh, you know, win prints and uh, inspire people. Yeah. Cheers, boss. Yeah. So uh, there's a wide range of studies that I found that give statistical evidence that higher levels of advertising lead to longer working hours. Sound familiar? Saving less. Saving less leads to more borrowing and buying. And what advertising does, according to its detractors, is normalise the status of people wanting to achieve financial success, sexual prowess, self-interest, but all at the expense, crucially, of societal goals. So yeah. all, those, all that stuff that gets pumped through the tubes actually makes us want to consume more, spend more, but actually, you know, there's not many brands out there who encourage us to do the right thing for the benefit of everyone. 
because we're all in this together. And UNICEF even say that materialism is a major factor in UK childhood well-being, being the lowest in any OCD nation. And that all comes from a report by Guardian Professional. So that is a pretty negative view of marketing and advertising in the world as it is. It was really the 70s when that the, the dark side of marketing and advertising to start with came to the fore. So uh, George uh, uh, Lois, I think I'm pronouncing that right, the, the, the kind of famous um, advertising uh, man, exec, um, he said in 1974, um, he said, the feeling that you can take something and throw it out there just like poison gas. That's sensational. Poison gas. Yeah, poison. So he 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 saw advertising as Yeah, he did <laughs> exactly. You know, oh and, and the reason that he called it poison gas is because he was looking for a reaction. He thought that he his belief was that good advertising um, should should create a reaction. It should it should shock and awe. And if it didn't do that, it didn't move people in that like you know chilling way. Then it wasn't good advertising. And actually, he said that um, in the mid seventies, just when the age of advertising and marketing innocence was ending. So before then, advertisers and marketers hadn't really put their name or their, their company logo on any of their work, and it was just starting to happen. And so the public started to see advertisers as manipulators, and, and, and um, you know that's a trend that's continued today um, into you know, the world of digital advertising, where um, there's a lot of uh, negative stuff that's happening in terms of uh, re repeated ads being placed, um, stacked together, reporting on on digital advertising, um, and the, the bloating of web pages have almost doubled in the last three years in terms of size, up to two megabytes on average now. And a lot of that is um, is, is advertising. I think in December 2014, 10% of web page bloat was additional tracking and ad stuff, and that's all resulted in a a, two, a contribution of two percent to greenhouse gases. So the inter internet usage, all of our browsing and app usage contributes 2% of the greenhouse gases um, into the atmosphere. And that's basically the equivalent of the aviation industry. Really? Yeah, as a result of, of fat web pages, lots of browsing, and part of that problem is, is unnecessary advertising. So unnecessary advertising is literally causing Killing the planet, warmth. yeah. Those poor polar bears Exactly. Be the mice next. Exactly. Think about that next time you put uh, a nasty interstitial that someone has to scroll <laughs> two miles to get to a, the close button when you didn't even ask for it in the first place. And as a result, we're seeing ad blockers starting to pop up as well. So that's an interesting bit of history. Um, so what we're going to look at now is some examples of what we think are good and bad marketing and advertising practice. Now this is cutting edge. So some of you will be familiar with instant messaging, WhatsApp and services like that. Well, one of a big one actually in the East and also in the States, less so in the UK, is one called Kik, that's K-I-K. And that is a, a very colorful version of WhatsApp where you can do lots more stuff apart from just send messages. And one of the things they do for brands is create like little digital experiences within the app itself. And so for the film Insidious, I don't know if you've seen it, actually it's pretty good, I think it's their second or third now, but basically there's a, a female character who, who's the lead that you can talk to via messaging in this app. So obviously it's not a real person, it's a robot, it's a program that's been written to for that person to respond as if they're a human being. But this is aimed at 14 year old girls, the film is aimed at yeah, young girls. Do you want the tea? Please. Okay, yeah, I'll pack there. We're on the chamomile tea today. You're going to wish I filtered that. Oh, look at that. Disgusting. 
So this is aimed at 14-year-old girls, and 14-year-old girls will chat to the lead character via kick, via the messenger. But the interesting thing is, is that it's a horror film, so what the lead character will do is send a message to these 14-year-old girls at 2 in the morning going, there's something in the room. Which is really cool, right? It's quite scary, but fundamentally, this is probably middle-aged men writing the copy to disturb 14-year-old girls in the middle of the night. That's dark. Yeah. That's really dark. I don't think there's anything, anything unethical going on there, but what, what's happened to marketing and advertising whereby we can now infiltrate a young girl's bedroom? It's crazy. Yeah, it feels like it's going a little bit too far. I mean, I'm assuming they'd have to be signed up. Of and, course, and choose, yeah. but, but again, I mean, that's part of the issue about the internet and the digital age. You really don't know who is behind that, you know, quote, persona, unquote, that, that, that you're engaging with. However, I'd like to showcase something that I'm quite proud of. Uh, one of the agencies at Engine, WCRS, has launched a, a, an interactive right, outdoor campaign. That. I want paying uh, product for, placement for women. For women's aid, we're talking quid. about a can. We're talking about a can winner oh. here um, that did something genuinely innovative in the outdoor advertising space. So, for women's aid uh, um, and the uh, around women's aid, International Women's Day. Um, I believe in, in March uh, earlier this year, they, they put up really big outdoor digital advertising um, boards and then underneath were cameras that were tracking the faces of individuals that came past. They didn't record any data, nothing was committed to the cloud. Um, they were simply looking for how many people were looking at the poster. And the, the, the digital poster was of a woman who had been beaten up. You know, she'd been abused, um, she had a black eye, she's got a swollen lip, she's got some blood on her face. And the more people that turned and looked at her uh, and, and, would, and looked at the, the call to action, which was like, look at me, the more people turned and looked as they walked past, the quicker her bruises um, healed, um, trying to show that actually domestic violence can be so, uh, you know, can be countered by people um, actually taking an interest, looking and, and you know, kind of stepping forward and, and, and being involved in monitoring and reporting domestic violence. Well, given that you've given your business a plug, we'd like to mention to our listeners that there are other advertising agencies available. There are. Apart from ours. There are many. So this is Walmart last year for Halloween. They had a whole bunch of different costumes, and you know you have Halloween costumes, men, women, and you go through the navigation and yeah. eventually get the thing you want. One of the the options was fat girl costumes. Oh dear! Um, I think what they meant to say was plus size, but yeah. uh, for a very short amount of time, there was a page on the Walmart website in the states advertising oh, fat dear. girl Halloween costumes, yeah. and that's part of the dark side. And I, th part of the dark side of advertising is that sometimes when it comes to digital. Uh, junior people get left alone at the helm. Yeah. You know, we've seen horrendous stuff on Twitter. You know, there's one famous airline where there was a photo released of someone putting an aeroplane model inside a very sensitive part of a lady's body, and that was from a major airline tweeted out as a picture. But what the problem was is the process wasn't in place for that not to happen. It's not. Yeah. But so I think part of the dark side is in, with this fat girl costumes and some of those Twitter gaffes is when the right people haven't been given the right responsibility. Yeah, it's a, it's a real um, challenge for brands, isn't it? Because they, you, you can't 
if you control everything, then you move at a pace that is, is too slow, arguably, in this digital age. And yet, at the same time, if you just allow people to kind of post content in the way that YouTube has done for years, I mean, I mean, their internal staff, then you do risk these these things happening. And that's a bit of a CMS fail, isn't it? Someone's <laughs> put a holding page in as fat girl costumes. Uh, not, not good. Yeah, hashtag CMS fail. If anyone knows yeah. what that means, tweet us in. So this is one of my favourite campaigns, I think probably the last five years. This is called Voice Donor, and this is based on the WeChat platform, which is, the WeChat platform in China is so dominant, it's, it far exceeds uh, Facebook and all the other players. And what they did was they realised that there was a real lack of audiobooks for, that were in Chinese. Yep. So what they did was create a service within WhatsApp sorry, WeChat, that allowed you to read a part of a book into your phone. So you would get a page and you'd spend two minutes reading that page aloud. So then that audio recording was centralized and put alongside everyone else's recording and became part of a full audio book. So you have millions of people in China all just recording a page of audio, all got combined. So they, they created a whole ton of books that uh, people who couldn't use their eyes could read and the really cool thing that they did was they actually sold it in bookshops so they had a big pile of books and all the pages were blank and it said at the end of the book it said imagine if this is what books were like to you and then at the end had a QR code that took you through to the audio experience so that is a really great example of marketing and advertising for good. So yeah crowdsourcing we've seen used lots of times um, on the show and one really interesting area is helping homeless people. Uh, Handup.org was one of the tools that we saw. Um, uh, homelessness is I know one of one of our kind of like big bugbears just doesn't seem like it's uh, a problem that should be insurmountable. It feels that way at the moment um, and one company that's taken advantage really of homeless people is um, citycalling.com uh, they wanted to create a really innovative new campaign um, and uh, so what they did is they've created a load of like fake places where homeless people apparently allegedly were sleeping and they've replaced the homeless person on the kind of like fold out mat with a crudely drawn uh, handwritten um, cardboard saying found a job um, citycalling.com and their logo so kind of s implying that there was a homeless person at this place on this mat uh, and that they'd found a job and they left their kind of calling card so a little a little bit sick people have described this as a horrible oversimplistic and, and a cynical view from business on the, the problem of homelessness <laughs> So there was an interesting campaign around mental health that a social agency did recently where what you could do is put in someone's Twitter handle into this microsite and work out whether their tweets showed the signs of any kind of mental illness, which is kind of nice in a way because you think, all oh, right, I'm a bit worried about Al yeah. putting his Twitter handle and then and it comes comes back with a, with a feed. Yeah. So really well-intentioned, but yes. the reality is a massive backlash to it because people are like, you know, putting in like famous people or like, you know, how dare, how a robot can like algorithmically decide whether I'm mentally ill or not. It's a massively sensitive issue. And what if someone was mentally ill and were yeah. you going to tweet them back and go, hey, you're 98% mentally ill? I think it was like, but once, I think like this, there was, I'm sure there were some good intentions mm. in there. But once again, I think if you've got junior people yep. working with a sensitive message, that's when the dark side can come out.
Yeah, I, I, I think that's a good parallel that you've drawn with the, the story on, on Walmart and their, their girls' costumes because um, it's about sign-off too. And I read a couple of stories researching this um, episode and, and um, you know, one was a, a hugely insensitive ad for Fiat that basically had Berlusconi um, and he'd, he was, he'd put like three uh, Bunga Bunga girls in the, in the boot of this Fiat. Basically been signed off by two creative directors in uh, some agency in Italy. So it isn't just juniors. There's some people are just choosing to put out stuff that is you know, dangerous to the brand. What's a Bunga Bunga girl? Uh, Bunga Bunga, I think that was the name for his, his Berlusconi's parties. They were Bunga Bunga parties. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good. Um, and so, I think that example you're talking about, I think it was for Samaritans. Um, yes, was that part of the Samaritans, yeah, like, likely, their, ra- yeah. their radar, which was uh, a really innovative campaign um, created by an advertising um, agency network that, that will go unnamed. Um, uh, but more, more good work. The next one is the really weird one. I mean, I kind of love this from a tech perspective, but kind of loathe it from a human perspective. It's called Hello Barbie. So this is a, a Barbie doll that is connected to the internet and consequently connected to uh, some servers in Maidenhead or wherever, Matello. And what the, the doll does is can communicate with your child. And as your child's brain develops, its relationship with Barbie develops. So it learns its name, they can talk to each other. And basically, Mattel are drawing down data from the conversations that your kids are having during completely innocent playtime for then Barbie to come back and talk to the kids. So I understand Mattel's side of it, that you know, they're just trying to make a toy that's cool and kids like. Yeah. But you know, do you want a, a bloke in Maidenhead listening to your kids? While you're in your other room making a cup of tea, yeah, I, I can see you know the educational benefits. I, I personally, I wouldn't trust a brand like Mattel. If it was a different brand, you know, if it was like Boots or somebody, then I might be okay. But there's something dark and sinister about a big, you know, global corporate listening in on children's conversations. So yeah, that is uh, um, pre- pretty scary. Um, and on to uh, France and the French problems they've had with uh, unwanted and abandoned animals. Uh, so Pedigree, the brand, uh, has worked with these um, animal shelters in France and created a really, really innovative um, advertising campaign that I absolutely love. Um, everybody hates retargeting. It's the bane of most people's um, advertising life. Can you explain retargeting sure. to those who aren't in the, in the biz? In the biz. So I've visited um, CSC's uh, Champagne Bar website. Uh, and I've had a look at the champagnes they've got on offer and the food. And then uh, um, after I've left, um, the fact that I've been there is stored in a cookie on my computer. And so all the other websites that I uh, go to advertising platforms are um, are targeting me with adverts for champagne uh, and, and for services I didn't buy and actually it can be really frustrating you, everyone's been there you know you, you look at a pair of trainers uh, and then those trainers follow you around the internet for the next See, two that weeks that doesn't bother me at all sure um, it bothers some people, especially bothers, bothers people, some people yeah. when they've bought the trainers. I think that's the really big issue. You've, yeah, I've bought not, the trainers. It's not and the end of the world, mate. Like, it isn't. Sorry, that, sorry, the week's so bad that yeah, like, but, seeing a pair of trainers okay, you've bought haunts you. It sounds it like irritating. a first world problem. It, and, it is. Is, and all of that, un- that was unnecessary advertising. It, there's no value add, and that's greenhouse killing the gases. planet because yeah. it's 2% okay. greenhouse gases. Yeah. Okay. So you know, take something that's 
not loved like retargeting and what Pedigree and these French um, dogs homes did um, was to create a campaign that actually turns something negative into something good and so what it did is it ads their ads still followed you around the day during the day but it started with uh, in the morning with um, uh, a picture of a dog uh, so a dog would be served to you and then the dog would follow you during the day trying to showcase the fact that dogs are loyal uh, and dogs are friendly oh, nice. uh, so they're using that kind of parallel and there's also day part sensitive so during the day the the kind of the way that the dog appeared and interacted in the ad kind of changed um, and they've actually um, you know managed to place some dogs as a direct result I think after six months something like 11 animals were placed as well so turning something that's considered pretty bad and dark retargeting into something positive I love that story yeah that's a lovely way to finish so in conclusion for those of us who work for businesses whose ethics don't match up with our own you know, we had the you have the choice to work for them or not work for them but you also have the choice to do a campaign that it actually has some benefit and I think this pedigree example I mean pedigree is not the most sexy brand in the world you know but here they are innovating with turning a, a hated ad platform on its head to house some dogs and that is you have the choice to do that kind of thing and that is fundamentally up to you absolutely it's a we all leave a digital legacy you know Google and other search engines uh, you know, recording all of our data and, and committing that into the cloud, you know, for all eternity. So it's a bit scary. So a bit scary. So you, we have the uh, the choice. Not necessarily always about which brands to necessarily work on if you're in an agency or which projects, but certainly how those projects are uh, delivered. And we've seen some examples today of where um, the people weren't focused on the detail, negative bits and pieces have got out. So it's up to us as well about um, and and up to you listeners about ensuring that the quality of the advertising and marketing that goes out is is as high as it can be. Damn right. So shout out, thanks to Lucky Elephant for our music, CSCs for having us on board. Absolutely. The wonderful Christina Lai. Oh, uh, the wonderful Christina Editor Lai. at large, social media genius. Marketing guru and the, the life force of the ramble. Indeed. James Harrison uh, for the logo, thank you. No, James Harrison for photography. Ah, sorry. Because you've got the two Jesus, Jameses there how together. Many, how many times? James, there together. James Mitchell for our soon-to-be-announced soon uh, iPhone app. Matt Kempton for our for logo. logo. Thank you, Matt. Oh, Matt he's going to hear this. Sean Singleton, Digital Annex University. Right, so that was the end of the dark side of innovation. Yep. We're going to have something completely new for you next week. See we you will then. do. Yep, bye. No, what I'm more interested is you basically so called it out as horseshit. <laughs> you called that campaign horseshit. It was. Have you seen the video? Ah.